I need to remind you guys about my Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com forward slash FI guide, you can find the Fig Patreon where subscribers pay a monthly fee for early access, private and premium content, as well as access to the Fig Discord. £3, £5, £8 and £12 tiers, all with a 15% discount if you go for the yearly options and a load of people are enjoying it. Over 90 members so far and growing every week. Head over to patreon.com forward slash FI guide for more info. The Football Index podcast is supported by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading strategy. I know FIT is currently spending 30 to 40 hours a week on scouting alone and members get updates covering every match day across all five leagues and European competition too. With the market finally reacting to on-pitch action rather than off-field distractions, it's crucial to know who is in and out of form if we want to have the best results. If you want to see more and exclusive offer for podcast listeners, you can give the site a try with the 25% discount on your first month with the code FIG25. That's FIG25 over on footballindextrader.co.uk. Here's the legal stuff from Football Index. FI is a gambling product available to customers in certain territories aged 18 or over. The content of this podcast has not been approved by Football Index, but they do listen to the show to keep me on my toes. Please remember to only gamble what you can afford to lose. BeGambleAware.org. And when the fun stops, stop. Hello and welcome back to the Football Index Podcast, episode 167. Last week's episode, I was joined by Football Index SOTV. That was an awesome episode, about one hour, 40 minutes, and just really enjoyed picking his brains on the list of six that he publicised, his Football Index SOTV Christmas list of six that he wanted to see from Football Index over Christmas. Um, And it was a really great chat. Please do go listen to that and also listen to the podcast with me, Panda, Dunwell and Carnberry, a really good discussion about Football Index. I don't want to call it a debate because, you know, some of the things were debated, some of the things weren't, um, uh, but really enjoyed it. And I hope people did enjoy it as well. I think the the reception was amazing for that one as well. And uh, of course, a Merry Christmas recording this on the 22nd, three days before Christmas. And you won't hear from me until the Fitcast Extra tomorrow, which isn't going to be on Thursday. It's going to be tomorrow, not on Christmas Eve. And uh, yeah, so this will be going out after Christmas. So I hope you guys all enjoyed a great Christmas. Today, I'm joined by FI Strategist. He is someone who uh, I've known through the Fig Discord, which of course you have been heard me plugging for the last five six months and recently forayed more on twitter um, a couple other podcasts and was recently on a fi trader panel so fi strategist welcome to the show thank you so much for joining me hi thanks for having me on yeah uh, it's good to be here and uh, yeah i'm sure we'll have a good little chat <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell people a bit more about your background and also your football index journey you really surprised me by saying you're a pro poker player yeah so uh yeah i've essentially been a poker player pretty much my uh whole adult life um yeah uh you know it's just a, a game I learned when I was young and then uh, went off to uni did it sort of on the side and then after uni got a sort of job and was thinking I'll do the smart thing and you know do it do it alongside it but after a few weeks where I was sort of making more in the two hours this sort of when I got home from the job and just sort of playing poker I was like hang on this this makes no sense that I'm spending sort of 12 hours going to a job and then making more in the two hours I'm home. So just thought, you know what, 
I'll give it a go, go for it for a year in the, you know, worst case scenario, I can uh, just jot it down as a bit of a gap year or something and get a job and give it a go. Yeah, yeah no, I, I didn't. Yeah, fortunately for me, yeah, I kind of, yeah, just took a bit of a big risk and uh, got to know a few other poker players. I, I sort of went out to uh, Mexico where there was a few poker players I knew out there living there. Um I think I was there for about three or four months that time. But yeah, just sort of immersed myself in with other pe- people that were doing what I wanted to do. And yeah, before you knew it, I was one of them. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, so I joined this year. It's, it's been an odd year. The, la- the last few years I've been doing more sort of traveling, playing live tournaments, playing uh, just my poker, basically in a live setting more, more than online. Well, before that I had been online. So this year we came and obviously, you know, what happened in March and I basically just spent March, April and May working online, playing probably 70 of 75 days in a row and just got to the end of May and was just fatigued with my poker and came across, well, I think the football season restarted and then before I knew it, we there was just a, a chat going on about which player was best and then a football index advert came onto the football screen and that's where it all started. <laughs> How would I describe my journey? I would, I would say just I, I, I love learning something new. So I've been throwing myself into it. I've been using all the different resources out there, learning about how the game works, uh, getting on all the different you know chats and uh, just, just wanting to immerse myself and learn really because it, it was just a period of my life the last six months where there was no live poker. There wasn't any, you know, there wasn't much going on. So I could really just get into something new and I sort of found Football Index, saw that it was, you know, addictive in a good way in terms of it, the the core product and what, what we all love about Football Index is just fantastic. And it reminded me a bit of poker in the in the early days when we you you learn something you find something new and before you know it, you just love to spend lots of time on it and uh, and improving on it. So it was yeah, I'd say I've just been using using the last six months to uh, try and learn more and more about it, and yeah. So, why don't you talk to me about what it felt like at the start when you joined, and going on to kind of prolonged price drops, and how you felt about it now, I suppose. So, I guess at the start, yeah, I was just loving it. Um, when I first came in, we had the system of uh, bids and sell queue, so. Yeah, I was I was trying to learn which players I thought were good value at the uh, the, the very high prices as we look back at them now, and uh, was basically making some sort of small buys into players, uh, finding you, you know just yeah, um, basically looking for good spots to to purchase people using some different tools, and after that, I would say. Uh, my next sort of big sort of investment into it came during um, the second dividends where, where, when they increased them by quite a lot. I decided that was a good time to invest more money into the product. And then also on Black Friday, Black Sunday, I, I again sort of uh, invested more into the product at that stage where I just saw the prices drop and thought, yeah, this is, this is a good entry point. This is clearly a market that's not sort of ready to, uh, to, to learn that you know that there was a bit of a freak out for the order books and just thought this this is a good time to enter uh so yeah and, and yeah uh, and how i'm feeling about it now uh yeah there's there's uh obviously some things that we need to see happen from football index but i i am very hopeful i, I know that we've got a great product um and 
Yeah, I, I think FI, FI is in a very good position to sort of make the changes and, and, and you know, they're, they're a growing business. This is, I believe we're going to look back at this and see this is uh, quite a big hiccup along the road, but it shouldn't stop us getting to our eventual uh, destination. Okay, we've got one from FI Gardener. Were you disappointed with your 16th place finish in the Fig Discord Lockdown Poker Series? So, when you did tell me that you were a poker player, a pro poker player, I was like, really? <laughs> tell me what happened. We did like a, uh, yeah, um, we did we did a you know Discord Lockdown Poker Series of, of games, and uh, you didn't fare that well. What happened? for this question uh really really appreciate it um yeah no i uh i think it's fair to say i let the poker community down i <laughs> maybe who knows maybe overconfidence in the in the market at the time and overconfidence in my abilities we uh did, it didn't fare well mm. i mean you had a bit of a uh back and forth didn't we on one table yeah i think maybe i got a bit too much into that and stopped thinking about actually playing well but that's uh <laughs> stop it. thought about being me even though i i played poker like four times in my yeah, life yeah well I, I didn't want to you know just let, let you off i thought I'll, I'll just keep on raising him and see uh see what happens have a bit of fun well, before we move on, I need to remind you that this week's episode is sponsored by Football Index Edge. Football Index Edge is a third-party data website designed to give you an edge on Football Index. Whether it's player prices, match day scores, or dividend winners, Football Index Edge has years of detailed data, and best of all, it's all downloadable straight into your spreadsheet. They are currently offering a 14-day free trial on all memberships, which start from as little as £3.33 per month. So if you want to find out more, head over to Football Index Edge. First question here from the uh, Fig Discord. FI and Tonic, are trader panels a complete waste of time? And I mean, I, I want you to reflect on them, uh, the ones that you've been in, without kind of divulging too much, because I'm sure a lot of it was, um, I guess, out of professional courtesy, stay in the room type of conversation. But I, I guess give me some positives. And also, if someone from FI was listening to this, what would be your constructive criticism of them? Uh, yeah, so I think they are a, a very good thing for FI to be doing. Um, it's it, it's the first step uh, along the road that I think we all want them to take, right? I think um, coming up with a a good system where they go into like a, a loop almost of listen to trader feedback, discuss it internally, come up with the best solution that helps football index and the, that they think is what the traders are going to want and then implement, and then again repeat it into a feedback. So, yeah, I think that's the that that's what I would like to see come up, uh, come about from them. Um, yeah, I I thought it was a, a really good uh, trader panel. I, I I didn't go in with huge expectations, thinking we're going to come out of here knowing when liquidity is coming, when uh, you know you know. First of March, we've got NASDAQ. You know, I, I didn't expect that. So I, I went into it knowing that they're not going to tell us any information that they're not uh, sort of divulging to everyone on, on Football Index. So it's more about talking about more sort of, not the huge topics like that, more sort of middle topics of what ways we can improve the platform, improve the experience and coming up with suggestions that we think improve FI uh, as a whole. Um, and then in terms of what you said about constructive feedback, uh, I, I think I need to wait and see how the next month or two goes. Because, again, it might be that they 
really show that they've got the second and third stage sort of nailed on. If, if they, if it looks like they've discussed it well internally and then in the month's time we see things implemented that were discussed, then it's, uh, that, that obviously becomes, you know, I'll be very impressed. Well, if in two months time we, you know, nothing's happened, then obviously that's the uh, aspect that needs to uh, be improved on. And is there anything that you would say was pushed across in these panels that is probably something that basically all football index traders have been discussing or wanting? Um, I would say that uh, multiple bids uh, being able to be placed with the same money until a bid was accepted was pretty unanimous. I think that's been discussed uh, quite a lot. And yeah, I think they, they took note that... Uh, they took note of that one quite well. They they made it clear that you know they that everyone had agreed with that one straight away. They saw that as quite an easy win. Um, what else was there that was unanimous? Um, I can't think that off the top of my head of a load of other things, but uh, yeah, I'd say that one came up. We'll move on to the next question here. Matt Dex, I mean, this is where we're really going to get into stuff, I guess. <laughs> Just uh, hold your horses. How much of an issue is the identity crisis FIR currently experience? No one on Twitter can seem to agree what they want from this platform anymore, i.e. the PB deadline, the matrix payouts, what to, who to attract. How important is it to FIR to come out pretty quickly to really cement what they want to be? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting uh, topic to discuss. I think um, th- there's no doubt there is this change of you know there's there's a bit of a change of the tide going on or whatever better phrases than that there is we're in a stage where people have been on this platform for years where the best strategy was buy hold wait a few years and have you know double triple your money and i think we're at a stage where we're we're not gonna we're not completely going away from uh, that i think making good stra- you know strategic decisions and buying people for a long term is is a good thing but i think we're also at a stage where be making this become a trading platform is going to become more and more a reality of what football index's vision is um so i think finding finding the right ways to do to do these two things where we say look at this as a long term thing uh, it you know it's you don't have to be a gambler who's just you know placing money on one match and uh, trying trying to win. You think long term, but also have a reason to trade, have a reason to uh, enter the market and, and exit and try and find profits. And you know have different. We can have lots of people with different strategies. We can have people who are on a really long term, people who are thinking season to season, and then we can also have people who are just doing more like on a fixture level. And then we'll get right down into the people that are just there going, right, you know, in the next half an hour, I'm going to trade on what exactly is happening in a football match in front of me. But for you, strategist, what do you think is the USP and what do you think Football Index should be pushing? What do I think the USP is of Football Index? So if we're talking about us being in an identity crisis, what identity should FI be pushing right now? as a business and as a game and as a platform, as a market? Uh, it's a, it's a, because yeah. I think using the term trading platform is quite, it's quite generic and it's quite nebulous in a way because this is an exchange, but it is also built on the foundations of a long-term bet. So 
I think by just saying trading platform, like that doesn't really answer it, does it? Okay. Um, well, I think I think there is a way of doing both things. So I think there is a way of saying these prices should be related to something to do with how much a player can make in their career. So, so we yeah. can. And your your question your question was really good actually to SOTD last week, which was. Um, should it be FI's priority, I think, to ensure that prices reflect uh, a player's career dividends as soon as humanly possible? Yeah, absolutely. And for that, I agree. So I think that is definitely... I, I want to see a platform where, first off, we have something where we're relating the prices that we see for a player to their career dividends. Now, that doesn't mean that every player's price should be what they're going to make in their whole career. That that would obviously make... you know. It, it, it wouldn't be fun to, well, it would be fun, but it, you know, it wouldn't make sense to put money into something where over the whole career of 15 years, you, you sweat the PB every day. And then at the end, you've got the exact same money out that you put in. So it will be an amount, you know, less than that. And, but at the same time, I think we also need to look at short term ways of making this so that there's a reason to get in and out of a player. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I think they both do work hand in hand. Um, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll get into some different ways that, they, that they, you can have sure. both in there. But yeah, that's that's probably the best way I can describe it. I think for me, that's exactly what I want, right? Like I want that kind of um, career bet element, right? And I think that we should see massive spikes in player price on either a couple of things, right? So when the likes of Callum Hudson-Odoi break into the team, and this is such new information for people, right? This is the first time a lot of people are watching him and they completely recalibrate the trajectory that they have for this player. And he rises massively in price because people think, wow, this guy's going to go on and be Chelsea's best forward. This guy's going to be one of the top uh, wingers in the world. This guy's going to be one of England's best wingers and, and play however many PB games and tournaments in the future and qualifiers. And then he gets a big... Achilles injury and again people recalibrate their career trajectories for that player and his price corrects accordingly and I think that really makes sense to me that's really really intuitive on a, on a very like holistic career bet level and then I think on the other side I really also want to see relatively large chunks or margins being able to made on a, a run of form or performances um, and I think that would be really really good for the platform to have that kind of uh the PB element really reflected in prices as well, because what we're seeing, I guess, currently strategist is player wins PB, they fall. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, a couple other players that you know we can mention. Um, I think those two things simultaneously happening basically means you have a platform where the the long term bet is there. People can be passive traders or um, also trade the kind of trends and career trajectories of players but also trade player form and and that's kind of like that intuitively makes sense to me um and i guess back to matt's question um what we're currently seeing is this very like disjointed quite weird thing where we have people or players rising more for a goal than winning the biggest uh bonus or uh, payout on the platform um players consistently winning dividends and dropping uh the team of the month payout being you know nearly as small as a player scoring a few goals there's all this kind of weird things or dynamics on the platform currently going on that mean it's very hard to really see something that is distilled to a very uh i guess 
a very targeted, very obvious proposition, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think what we're seeing on the platform, I actually don't think it's like related to this topic actually as much. The for me, the price action at the moment has a it's got a clear downward pressure on it at all times from the way that the, the platform currently is, is working. So I, I, I think things like the PB falling, uh, sorry, straight after a PB win, them falling below where they were. I think this is as much the people that, that hopped in wanting to having the fear of keeping their money in the market that is constantly falling. So I, th- I think, yeah, I, I don't think we've actually got a, a huge identity crisis where people think someone's worth less after a PB win. I think we're seeing the uh, the negative cycle of the market at the moment. It's just uh, you can't you can't really beat it at the moment. I don't, I don't think we could say. Mm, mm. And I mean, b- but going back to like what we we're just discussing, what do you think should be Football Index's first moves in terms of? really reinforcing i guess the the proposition that's got them here uh so i would say that the, the first thing they really need to get into is finding a way of making these prices go up to something that is you know relatively in line with what we were discussing of a career dividend uh so yeah the, there's there's a few different things you can do there there's obviously the three-year bet being clarified um so Obviously, we've got career bet, we've got three-year bet with recycle button, and we've got hold them, hold them forever, uh, well, hold them for their career with three years of dividends, and then you have to find a way of getting out, out and back in. They're, they're the main uh, main thing ways that they can clear that up. Um, so I'm hopeful that we're gonna we're gonna hear something from from them soon on that. Um, so that's one way of doing that. And then the next thing about making prices go up. Uh, I guess there's three things that I can touch on there. Um, the first is IPDs. Um, so, yeah, talking a bit more from an economics background, if if we're thinking about it, we've got a market at the moment where people are selling for reasons that are outside of the player's intrinsic value. Uh, people are not selling a player right now going... I don't think he's going to make his, you know, his money over his career or even three years at the moment. <laughs> you know, someone could, could say they don't believe career arc and say it's three years. Well, there's people who are probably below 18 months now uh, in terms of how long it takes them to make their money in dividends. So right now, there's clearly something going on that's pushing people down. One of them is IPD refreshing. So everyone who's buying a player wanting to IPD refresh, every month that same player... Uh, that same trader comes to the market and tries to sell that player. We're just seeing undercutting over and undercutting on the on the uh, on the offer side, which, which is driving down until it gets to a point where someone just accepts bid. Uh, and this is just gonna this is just an ongoing cycle we've been having for months now of people trying to recycle their IPDs. Loads of people are just coming in to sell. They're, they're doing it on, on the, like I said, the offer side and then it having to accept the bid side, which means that when they go back in for the player, they'll either decide the player's fallen so much they don't even want to do it, or if they do, they'll do it at the lowest bid possible. Um, so we just, we've got people coming to the market, basically. It's not looking at the player's PB media and team of the month, and they're going, no, I'm actually just going to play this IPD game and 
I don't, it doesn't actually matter to me if this person's price goes up long, long term. Like they're not, uh, holding off for the best offer because they know everyone else is doing the same. Um, so that's, a, that's a big issue that I currently see with the market. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the other things that I think we could, we could see happen is the wall that, uh, I think I saw Cal Lewis, was it Cal Lewis talking about? Um, the idea of basically having a substantial amount of money at a price below, you know, below where a player is currently all at the same price to just say, look, this is, this price isn't going to fall below here. That, that, this could be done from FI or from sort of a liquidity provider point of view. Um, and the wall basically alongside the IPDs, the wall, the wall stops the people who are currently going, I'm going to offer some players. Once I've sold them, I'm then going to push the price, well, push the price down by doing lots more offers. And then I'm going to bid and buy them back for maybe 10% less than I did, you know, I bought them for. They're probably one of the most common, well, one of the ways of trading at the moment is to just do that. And it's, it's just a negative cycle of pushing prices down. So the wall would stop that. Um, I talked a bit on the trader panel about some of the issues like, you don't want to have the wall on when the player's in action because they could get an injury. So it'd just be a negative free roll for the company. So we'd probably see something where you take off the wall an hour before kickoff, put it back on half an hour after or something. And that would essentially have a, have a bottom level. Now you could leave it there and it'd be really passive. You could do something like Cal saying where every day you move it up to a certain percentage below the close price the day before. There's a few different things there. Um, and the final thing would just be <clears throat> the rebate offer that they tried to do. I think what they meant to do was a net buy uh, 2% rebate on buy now in terms of what their their objective was. I think they wanted to get some price moving up, but because they didn't make it net buy, everyone just sold first and uh, refreshed IPDs. So I think we could see quite a substantial period of a net buy 2%. So people reinvesting their dividends, people wanting to d- deposit and get this 2%. That's, that's good that will have, you know, that that's going to push prices up while what happened last time was just, yeah, I mean, it was the, the IPD issue that we talked about to start, uh, that, that was what happened. Hmm. Yeah, lo- lots of interesting stuff to think of. I was just looking at the time now. I was like, how have we already been speaking for 33 minutes? It's <laughs> crazy. Uh, cheers, Matt Dix, for that question. Um, JAFI, I think this is really another another really good question here um, and uh, or statement. All positive vibes, but following TC TC's thread, why should people trust uh, or place money into FI when they have still not addressed fundamental user experience issues that have been around for years. The yields are great, but do they actually care about the customer experience? Should I read out the thread for people that haven't heard it? Because otherwise it's going to be a bit strange for people to um, to actually yeah, go for it, yeah. you know, hear us discuss this. So this is TC. So at TCBER underscore, he's been on the podcast before, was really great, uh, been on FI a long time. And he, he basically says, FI has got to a ridiculous levels of complexity now. Not sure I'd get all the rules, deadlines, payouts right if tested on them. Um, and I've been using FI for five years. How can a platform like this scale up? All changes in 2021 have to be made with simplicity in mind, in my opinion. 
Think what new customers need to know. So I know you're probably just a casual punter who's seen a TV ad, but you need to understand how order books work. Oh, and it's not a simple order book. There's a bid zone and offer flaws that sometimes move, sometimes don't. No, don't ask why. And as an aside, someone messaged me like, oh, you know, bid zone, how's that set? And I was like, kind of arbitrary. <laughs> it's quite like embarrassing trying to explain it, right? His next tweet was, when you place a bid and make a sale, you get charged 2% commissions. Oh, but you also get 1% rebate if you do X and a 2% rebate if you do Y, which counteracts the comms to some extent and you'll be paid your rebate next week, but it'll, shown as, it'll be shown as unknown so you don't know what it is or how much it is. Dividends give the players value and there are now four different dividend payouts. IPDs only last for 30 days and you're eligible if you bought before midnight payouts vary by position there's no way of tracking it but i'm sure you'll figure it out <laughs> pv dividends have a completely different deadline that's sort of being juggled at the moment you also get pay, uh, different payouts depending on how many games there are oh and also there's a multiplier on uh, champions league games and semis onwards are gold days positions of players are sometimes right but often not team of the month is another dividend stream but again there's a different deadline for having eligibility for this to learn about it's based on the top three scores but you can't track it through the app now uh, you need to sign up to twitter and follow a user account who's very helpful media buzz is the simple one Oh, but actually these articles count and these don't. It sort of changes on a whim. Article scores are decided using the odd sentiment scorer. Not really referenced anywhere. There's another deadline to oh, uh, to know. Oh, and payouts change based on the number of games. The above haven't really hasn't really scratched the surface and that's just the basic rules. How do you expect news to sit through all of that and more before you even get to talking about how the market works and how traders react to certain situations. There is a lot of changes that now need to be made over the next six months, preferably sooner. They all need to be made with simplicity in mind or Football Index are hiding a fantastic concept behind a wall of unnecessary complexity, which will put a lot of people off at first glance. Wow. I thought that was a fantastic thread because I think a lot of people... Uh, because I think a lot of people, strategists, and I'm sure you'll be, uh, I'm sure you'll agree, me included to some extent, I think we've all gotten ourselves in a bit of tunnel vision at the moment, um, where we're in this football index bubble, which is so easy to be kind of like um, engrossed in. And I think we've we've done that more from like a general standpoint as well, but also from a micro like game standpoint. If you just take what TC said there, it's it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so I definitely agree with the general message. I think. Um... There's there's just so many easy wins, right? This this is why when you look at uh, football index, it's just like oh, there's there's such an opportunity here for the company because if they can focus well in the next year and uh, really pin down on some of these issues, that they, they can just improve their product immeasurably in in the next year. Um, I would I would say the only thing just just slightly counter it is I I don't think you have to try and make it unbelievably simple for everyone to come in at the start right again i can reference poker here it's it's a very complex game where at the start what you really need is a great concept a game that you can pick up some stuff straight away and as time goes on you keep on learning um so i don't think we need to make this so simple that like you can under you can understand the rules in 10 minutes or anything like it is going to be quite complex and there's going to be more than one type of dividend and whatever. But I do agree with this general message. Like, you know, why is there not just a, 
a page that shows how media, which which words make different points and how that works. You know, why isn't there a page that just explains some some things very simply and and just you know clears up some of the issues that he brought up in that thread? Um, so yeah, I, I I don't want everyone to think you know we need to be able to explain this to the average punter within ten minutes and then understand it. I, I think if Football Index gets back to thriving again, the core game, when, when they actually do it and for the first time and they watch the PB race and whatever, they'll be hooked and they will then learn from there. But yes, it shouldn't be as complex as it is now. So looking at all of that, which bits need to be simplified? Right, I'm going to have to get the thread up here, aren't I? To, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so he explained, you know, the arbitrary deadlines on buying. He explained the arbitrary... Implayed, well, not arbitrary, but the in-play dividend 30-day window. He explained the team of the month cutoff. He explained um, MB and the, the sources that are used and whether some articles are used and some are not. Um, uh, positions, all, all of these things. Like, the game in itself and the payouts, like, it seems that we've gotten ourselves to a point where it's kind of like, if anything else is added, that's pretty crazy. So, Anything that's done going forward, to me anyway, makes sense to remove, reduce, or kind of rectify or um, or recalibrate to make things better. Simplify to amplify, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I agree with that. Yeah, so I think, yeah, the media is going to be one that, you know, we've got the new media mods coming in. I hope when that comes in, we get real clarity of, this is how media works. This is this is how it's you know just just make it simple. Show how it works. This is how your points work, and this is you know how we pick up a name. So that's media just sorted very very easily and quickly. Um, uh, what other topics did he bring up? Um, so in terms of how an order book works, I think they need you know just. A few simple videos on their site. They did one that was just like two minutes. And to, to, to be fair and give them credit, that was a really good video. So, so that is a great example of it. And if they can do a few more of these where they explain how the how it works, how a bid zone works, just make that, you know, simplify that. That would also be useful. Um but I mean that this these are all explanations, right, Stratus? We're talking about kind of like actually tangibly making things simpler, right? Well, give me an example of one that you would simplify. I would probably get rid of the bid zones somehow, mm-hmm. or make them, or make it so it's not arbitrarily moved down or up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could they could make it a clear percentage the same for everyone. Uh, and they could also remove bid zones if and when they bring in a bid wall and they stop the negative pressure and they, there's always going to be a base. It, it It's almost like the instant sell. So some people want back, right? They want this instant sell button back. Well, the bid wall in a way is just a guarantee of that. And then bids will work ahead of it. So it will kind of be a bottom of a bid zone anyway. So then you can get rid of a bid, bid zone if they go that route. What about in terms of you mentioned in play dividends, right? Um, I was discussing with someone on the, on the forum. They were like, "Oh, you know, I really wouldn't want them to be removed." And I think in play dividends, probably a there are issues secondary to prices being low, if that makes sense. So the root problem and the cause of this is, even though I personally don't agree that 
in play dividends work too well with an Audubix system. Um, it's the prices that that are the issue. So, Is so I I would say the in play dividends fundamentally do not work in an order book which is quite a strong statement but what you're okay. basically that is going to be strong yeah, and, what, and i'm going to ask you why <laughs> what you're basically doing in an order book right as soon as we've gone in we've taken this and sell off we're now doing a thing where trader versus trader is deciding the intrinsic value of each share what happens with an ipd is that there is a mini mint every time a trade occurs. So it doesn't have to be a mint because we're at a new high price. Anytime a transaction happens on a player at any price, there's a mini mint where you make a bet against Football Index and say his in-play dividends are going to be higher than his commission. So, so they are taking a liability against you for the next 30 days, which is outside of the order book itself. For me, that is not going to, that doesn't work because there's going to be a point where it's profitable for us, a point where it's profitable for them. There's no way that we can trade this long term. Can we get to a stage where prices are high enough that the people that love the uh, mini amount that comes back at them every time, could we just put that into the uh, intrinsic value that is, there is no one month period and it's just, you know, could you make it one p a goal and nothing for an assist for for the for the three year bet? At the moment, prices are too low to probably do that. But if prices get raised and people really want to have this uh, micro win, we can we can implement it into the order book itself so that we are trading that. But at the moment, we're not we're not trading that trader versus trader. It is it is a bet against football index, which. When prices are low, they're, they're just going to lose every time. Mm. Yeah, I think that is the issue. Not that the the recycling nature so much. It's the recycling at basically the same price every time. Um, a few people have uh, have kind of talked about goalkeepers, for example, uh, being consistent winners from an in-play dividend perspective. And I, I guess that's just not good um, for, for FI. Um, we'll move on because I think otherwise we'll be here forever and I think we've got more questions on a lot of the things that we mentioned in those last two questions from JAFI and Matt Dix. Um, Bishal Gurung, I hope I pronounced that correctly, sorry if I didn't. I don't know what the introduction of in-play uh, IPOs are doing to this market. They introduce a player bidding at 60 to 90p and after two or three days you can buy them at sub 50p. It's really worrisome if Football Index are going to survive. Please give us some hope and light to hang on <laughs> well the hope the hope and light to hang on again i will say that they've got one of the best ideas that i've seen in the betting industry for years um there's a reason why we're, we're all here and we're we love the platform right it's this this idea could be revolutionary if it's done under the right management and uh, the products built correctly from here so that is that is the light um you know also you know it Obviously, uh, do your own research and everything. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at the company and I'm seeing that they've doubled the people in the office, you know, the, the staff. They've doubled the dividends. And I know that they wouldn't be able to explain that to the, to the shareholders in the company if they were in a financial rut, uh, so to speak. So the fear that they're going bust again, do your own research. I'm not telling, don't believe me just because I'm saying it. Have a, have a think about it yourself. But, I don't think there's a fear there, in, at least for you know a decent, you know, a short to mid term about anything like that. So they've got time to sort this product out. Um, 
So yeah, from their perspectives, uh, I'd say that on the IPOs, I don't actually know hardly anything about IPOs. Um, it's not for saying I've done any research on my, I wasn't here before, you know, since I joined the platform, I've only had the ones in the last couple of weeks and I've not been looking to buy the IPOs. So I don't really have much to, to uh, say on IPOs. Mm. In terms of people worrying about FI's uh, financial uh, bearing, I guess, is that like, does, do you find it kind of counterintuitive that prices are related to uh, people thinking that, even though, you know, long term, that would be an issue, but short term doesn't really matter that much? Yeah, exactly. That's that's it. It's, it's counterintuitive. You see the platform looking like it's going down to zero and people think that that, especially the way that the platform used to work, right? It, it used to be that they would mint a share. You were making a bet against football index. So people are like, hang on, there's no way that they can survive if uh, everyone's getting these bets where it's 18 months long. But you just have to remember that we are in an order book and they are people are trading bets that might have been bought at, you know, £15 a Sancho now for £4. And FI still are doing it on their £15 in terms of the uh, the money the company has raised. So, yeah, the, I can understand the fear there. And to be fair, there would be a fear if these prices stayed long term. So, you know, that, you know, it's understandable. Mm. Yeah, I think it is when when you have a, a business model as kind of unique and, and complex as FIs, it's very hard to look at the prices and see like, wow, are they going to survive this? Um and it's a logical thing to think. Uh, it's a it's a very kind of um, natural thing to think where kind of fear takes over and you just look at them and that's what you think, right? But uh, for me, light to hang on, I, I think Football Index, in my opinion, again, purely my opinion, I think they're in a strong financial position. I think they've got an amazing concept and I think any iterations or changes that they make should be for the better going forward. Again, my opinion, but... Things like uh, simplification of the game and uh, you know, adding the media monitor, liquidity being added to the platform, or FI being bringing back instant sell, any of these kind of changes that have been talked about, uh, I think improve the platform and maybe not directly and short term improve the prices, but eventually do. Yeah, we agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on, I need to brought, uh, remind you that this episode is brought to you by The Athletic. The Athletic is a subscription-based sports news site delivering in-depth sports coverage. Featuring football reporters you know and love like David Ornstein, James Pierce, Sam Lee and Rafa Honigstein, The Athletic is telling stories you won't find anywhere else. No ads or clickbait, just great sports writing. So for 50% off your annual subscription to the best sports writing around, go to theathletic.co.uk slash fig. It's £2.49 a month if you go for an annual deal. And I'm going to ask you the fated question here, if I stretch this, the reason everyone comes on the podcast what have you bought recently for more than two pound 49 uh I, I bought a uh oak flat white today actually uh having a little stroll oh, around nice. london yeah so uh my, my coffee addiction is uh costing me more <laughs> there we go a flat white in london more expensive than your athletic monthly subscription i've uh, got a question here from grills 35 who's going to be on the podcast in the new year great guy in the effect discord and uh, more recently on twitter pb deadline 4 p.m 8 p.m midnight pre-kickoff for each player or something else what should it be i know you've got strong uh thoughts on this strategist and i want to pick your brains what do you think it should be what do you think the pros and cons are for each kind of uh aspect of it 
Yeah, so yeah, I talked about this quite quite a bit in depth on the Twitter thread, and I spoke about it quite a bit in the trainer panel. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's two questions we can ask here, right? I, I think I said this to you in the Discord. There's the final vision of the product that we see in you know three to five years. What would the deadline be? And then there is what is the best thing right now for the platform as it currently stands. Now, I would say I have a strong opinion on the first. The second, I agree, is a very uh, it's a multifaceted argument. There's a lot going on. Um, so that that is something that's a lot more interesting, I guess. But in terms of where I think Football Index should be building to, I would I would say I'm more on there is no deadline at all. Um, but I could get behind a 9pm or this 8pm deadline as what I think is best. Um, so, yeah, just to run through it quickly, why I think this is best. Uh, in the current model, well, it's currently 8pm, but when it was 4pm, we all, up to that time, make it the same, you know, we make the same judgment on a player. We think their chances of winning media that day, their chances of winning the PB that day and just their general intrinsic value long term. Now, as soon as 4pm comes, we now have a disparity in how we value the player. One guy who holds values them for their chance of winning media that day, chance of winning PB that day and their future value, while a potential buyer is only valuing them on their, f- their future. Essentially, they have nothing to win that day after a deadline has gone. So what it should mean is there's just going to be a huge spread in the market where basically no transactions occur. Um, we, we did see a few transactions, some people trying to jump in for IPDs. Probably a few people didn't really understand that they're not going to win the PB. And, you know, as soon as someone gets a high score at 6p, it might make a few buys. But in general, the market just dies after the deadline while we're watching football. And what I know is that that's when most people are most engaged with football index is watching football. That's when they're going to be most likely to go, oh, man, have you seen what he's just done? Oh, I want to bet on him. Oh, he's got a chance of winning PB. I want to put money into him. And we also know from behavioral economics that someone's more likely to buy a guy who's a pound 30, uh, has a chance of winning this 30p of divs than that they are buying a guy who was just a pound anyway. There's something about getting an instant win. It's more exciting. It makes it, they're just more engaged by the idea of winning dividends. So, I think Football Index just would lose a, a huge part of their trading. Um, we, we're currently seeing trading, which is just you know, it's it's negative. It's sell now, buy back when it's lower. Uh, oh, let's just refresh the IPDs. This is a this is actually going to the core of the product for me. This is. You know, that we've got people in it for long term, but we also have people who are jumping in short term. And this, for me, is just perfectly aligned to that. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'd start saying that. It's a really interesting debate, isn't it? I think, um, do you feel that uh, it's kind of strange that they picked 8pm, for example? Do you think it should just be nothing? And do you think that... And do you think that... Um, you can kind of vary this opinion depending on the state of the platform? Uh, so in terms of 8pm, 9pm or no deadline, it, my as an you know, economic head-on, my answer is there should be no deadline to allow trading the whole way. And 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 people are thinking about this a bit too much in the in the PB sense, aren't they? Right? Like, let's say a uh, let's say a tran- uh, transfer rumor breaks at 10pm, 
and there's no movement on that that's obviously i mean there will be movement people will buy for tomorrow but like uh or what if you know yeah transfer movement comes out at 9 p.m and, and it's a low media day maybe they take media that day or, or it makes a player win media um i don't know like it just just seems like if they're gonna go for 8 p.m why not just go for nothing yeah i i mean that is what my economic head says maybe some people like to have this last hour hour of the football where they are sort of sweating it. Um, yeah, the only time that FI will be paying out more dividends is if uh, they are minting a new player. Um, so maybe there's an argument that just for the for the for the guy that comes in for who wins it, who costs thirty p, and I, I'm not I'm not sure if I'm convinced by this argument because I think they would just still rather take all the minting and. Uh, paying out the dividends on them. But I think maybe some people like this final thrill where you, you sit back and watch it. In terms of for a market, there would be no deadline. And do you think that the way that we currently have the platform set up compared to maybe what it could be with more liquidity, um, right now, I think the reason why people were annoyed at the 8pm thing is because in a very illiquid market, it means that we're basically reducing liquidity by money just going from one place to another, um, dependent on score, if that makes sense, with more and more commissions being churned and less money being left in the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I completely, yeah, this is the argument that um, I think is much more interesting. And you brought up this point to me about the liquidity. Um, and I think it's a very good point and it makes things re- really interesting when you're thinking how are they going to... Uh, do it you know that they could just leave it at 4 p.m until they have a lot more liquidity on the side and then make this change um but i also think there's something that i actually quite like about having a long-term vision and working towards it you know through the hard time and just saying we're going to become this this platform we're going to have we have this long-term vision of what it's going to look like on a match day and at the moment, we're, it, it's probably one of the easiest things for them to do is to change it from 4pm to 8pm. There's, there's a lot of other things we want to see that's probably that they're just waiting for, for the two months or the four months of the tech team to get in place. This this one must be one that's very easy to change sort of in an instant. Uh, so I think they're looking at it going, well, we want to become this company that, that looks like we're doing much better. We, we want to be allowing trades to happen and making the platform more engaging and we want to show everyone we're making more commissions and make people realise that we are becoming a, a genuine, you know, a company that is going to thrive in the future. Next question here from FI Newbie from the Fig Discord is when are you looking at buying players for the Euros based on these prices and who would be your top five players to buy for the Euros? Uh, so am I looking at the Euros? I, I would say, if I'm honest, I'm not looking too much uh, at things like the Euros. I'm... I probably have quite a focus on the England team because uh, I think that that's going to be a... You've obviously got the Euros, but you also have the media that's going to come along with it. So focusing on a few different positions and buying people that I think will have a lot of chance, you know, good chance of winning media for the Euros. Um, so I think, yeah, you mentioned five people. There's there's some obvious picks in the uh, England team if you were going with sort of a Kane, a Rashford, a... I think the the fullback positions, the, the Chilwell, I think Alexander Arnold's most likely, but also a chance of Reese James. Um, I, you know, I'd say these people, perhaps Sterling can can get in there, but 
at the moment he's uh, he's sort of fallen off a bit. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's probably why I'm looking at for the Euros. I'm not someone that's plotting exactly which which teams are, you know, I've not got a, a, a chart up on, in my wall where I'm sort of seeing exactly which teams are going to play each other in the quarters and semis and making picks. I'm not, I'm not zooming in that close to it, if it were, but just thinking more long term. We've got a question here from Rory Fitz. Uh, will the fact that it's very unlikely that any shares in a player will ever be dissolved until they retire be a serious issue in years to come? Surely the fact that the number of shares in a player can only increase goes against all laws of supply and demand. Uh, you being an economy graduate or economics graduate, rather, uh, what is your take on this? So, yeah, the supply and demand on a player, it's going to come down to at one specific moment, right? Is there more people trying to sell or trying to buy the, the player? Um, so currently, yeah, we have a lot of people trying to sell. Um, I mentioned earlier the IPD refresh and the selling to buy back for less. Um, but yeah, th- there's other reasons why you would want to sell a player, like comparison trading. I think I did one about a, a week ago where I found... Zobersly, who's, who's a long-term hold I was planning to have, was £1.80. And I, I looked around the market and there was Rashford for £2.60. And to me, when I when I added up like what I see is their their potential returns and the fact that one of them's already at a huge club for media and yeah, it, it just didn't make sense to me. So so at this point I'd sold Zobersly and put money into a different player. That that's an example of a of a, of a reason to sell. Um and then it's also fine for someone to sell, right? If they're holding someone and they just don't do anything for, for however long and they get bored of them, that's that's also fine. But I think we need to, yeah, we need to stop the uh, people coming to sell for, for IPD refreshes and to, to just buy back for lower, which is the the, the idea of the wall and the idea of a, a bit of a change to IPDs. I think, you know, on, on, on this th- thing, uh, I think it's a bit of a red herring. Uh, reason being, I think a lot of the selling pressure is mechanic and illiquidity driven um in other markets you can tell me better but uh you know we mentioned tesla i think on the show with khan they issued more shares the price went up again different because you own a part of tesla the company rather than derivative of a bet um ethereum cryptocurrency they have unlimited supply they consistently introduce new uh tokens there um when the price goes down supply isn't regulated so i think people are getting and looking too much at these kind of like theoretical economics kind of theories and basically uh, projecting them onto a platform that basically throws a lot of that stuff out the window it's counterintuitive i think uh basically there were three parts to it because it's kind of like you've got the intrinsic value which completely remains the same that's kind of irrefutable you've got the remi- like the uh the money that you can get out of that player after three years which is a debate but i think that debate has been completely um kind of wiped off the table with kind of some of the trading volumes i've seen from really big traders over the last uh, few months and also you know the the money that you can take out of that bet after those three years um is not the only way that you can win that bet, if that makes sense. So I think people are conflating kind of simple, the, the one way of winning on FI, which is buy low, sell high, uh, with kind of one thing that they think might be a big issue in, in shares and, and, and prices falling massively, if that makes sense. Yeah, that no, makes sense. Yeah, I think it's, uh, 
clearly the the low confidence, the illiquidity. Uh... Basically, I wonder if prices or when prices get to bigger uh, bits, I wonder if we'll ever see this be brought up ever again, basically. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a fair thing to say. And I'm, I'm sure that we will get there and uh, find out. <laughs> <laughs> got two questions now to, to wrap things up from old man fi uh, where are we in three months time and suggest up to three things that could turn this thing around uh where are we in three months time uh i mean yeah i mean as a poker player i, I just know that there's just so many different outcomes that can happen that we we can't uh i can't obviously say exactly what we where we're going to be but in, in terms of a educated guess i would hope that we we're going to have a quite a few bits that we've mentioned uh, today implemented um, from FI. So I, th- I think they're going to be working on things, maybe multiple bids, maybe a, maybe the bid wall. I think they're going to be working on something to uh, raise the prices at that stage. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's just so hard to say, isn't it? Um, yeah, and then the three things. Uh, yeah, to the three things I mentioned earlier, really. A bit of a change to how an IPD works, a bid wall and a, a 2% rebate. Um, if they really wanted to stretch the boat out, they could backtrack the 2% net buy rebate to a time where, you know, maybe since order books came in and say, look, the people that have really stuck with us through this hard time, if you've actually put in money with a net buy, then we're we're going to give you a 2% reward for that. Um that's one thing that they could consider. But again, like we, we don't want them just to throw away money for no reason. We want this company to become successful. So it's it's a bit of a way up that one, but it's it's an option. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think the include increasing liquidity from a natural standpoint rather than kind of like um, third party or FI provided is imperative. I think increasing engagement with the product, trading more. Um, I, I think for me that it's the two core things, right? Increased prices, increased trading. Uh, F, everything that FI need to do from now on in need to be directed at those two pillars. Wouldn't you agree? 100%. I, I had a chat literally, uh, I think it was yeah this morning with uh, Tom, uh, who, who works at FI and we, yeah, in the last couple of months, we've started to have a much better communication line. Um, I, I, I didn't have anyone I was speaking to before that. And since then, yeah, it's, it, it's clear that I, you know, people are listening now and, and they're taking feedback on board and really wanting to improve this product. Um, and they were literally the two things I said to him is I want to find a way that we look at prices and we think that they should be related to a career dividends. Uh, that doesn't mean, you completely get rid of three years if, if, if the only option from a, whether it's an accounting standpoint or, or whatever is to have a refresh or, a, you know, have, have it so that you don't win dividends after three years and then that's what has to happen. But ideally, you go down a career dividend uh, route um, on each player. And then from there, we then want a reason why trading at a higher frequency gives you more opportunities to profit from the market. Um which again comes back to the PV deadline and the MB deadline being much further back, if not uh, completely gone. Yeah, I think there is a lot they can do, but I think everything they do do needs to be centered around those two pillars, in my opinion anyway. Like, I'm looking at this from a business and trader standpoint, and I just can't see any other way around those two core pillars that I've just mentioned. Yeah, no, 100% agree. They are the uh, 
the two things that I would focus on. The Holy on. Grail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people are like, you know, uh, do nothing for 12 months. Let's go for stability. I think that chat is now out the window and it's lunacy, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we need to see changes. Yeah. And I think we, see, we, need, we need to see a lot of them, right? And I think people need to re- be receptive and understanding that now that we are at a price point that's so low, we might have to rip up the script. Yeah. No, I... I think you're right. We, we've got to see that this is not a uh, the platform that it was a year ago. We're not uh, buying and just holding and, and profiting because we've bought and not having to do much. We're, you know, the, the, the product's going to change. The way that we see opportunity on the, uh, on the product's going to change. Well, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me, mate. Um, and uh, hope you do have a great Christmas. We're obviously recording before this. This will be launched to the public after Christmas. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, so I've just made a uh, Twitter uh, little handle called FI Strategist. I'm just going to post, um, you know, a, a few bits here and there about, you know, ways I think that the platform could improve or just little snippets of ideas and, and whatever. I'm not going to... I've never been really onto the social media. I'm not, you know, you're probably not going to find me swearing at everyone like everyone else is doing and losing their head. But yeah, it's, uh, that's where I'll be. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Ray. Really appreciate you doing so, so close to the Christmas break. If you guys are commuting right now, well, I, I hope you're not. Um, if you're not commuting, do whatever you're doing, spending time with the family and needing to get away from them with the lesson of this show, then I uh, hope you enjoy your day. Sorry really good to answer all your questions. As always, there's quite a few. I hope everyone had a great Christmas and uh, happy new year.